Friday, October 8, 2021, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Jesse just got off a long conference call, and he's still recovering. Yeah, uh, I am. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And big news, uh, both this this episode and next episode, Derek Miner is... Uh, He's offline. He's making his new album right now, so he's not joining us. I think this is the first time he's missed a week since he started a year and a half ago. Uh, so filling in for us, we're very excited. Author, uh, therapist, prolific tweeter, Kristen Howarden. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I literally was browsing your Twitter stream today. It's Aww. it's a fun mix between promoting your, your new conversation YouTube show and really uh, self-deprecating, funny, and insightful thoughts about the world and life. So well, I was mostly it. making fun of myself. That's that's really what I do on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's it's October, y'all. It's uh, it's October eighth today, and I I cannot believe how fast this year has gone by. Has it gone by quickly for you? I can't believe it. Yeah. It, it freaks me out because, I, like, in my neighborhood, there's like all these Halloween decorations already up, Dude, and I'm like, okay, yeah. what are you talking about? It's like April right now. What are you talking right. about? Why is this happening? I'm so glad you you brought that up because I feel like people have really, you know, last year when, when like trick or treating Halloween came around, people were a little apprehensive because we're coming out mm-hmm. of like the first COVID summer. So I remember we're going around doing trick or treating. Some houses had like tubes. They had tubes going from their front door, <laughs> like down to this curb with like PVC we pipe, had the tube. And, and they were shooting like candy tubes. Yes, we had the tube. It was a lot. The people were still kind of in candy tube mode. But I feel I set, like this I year, what did you do? Because I set up a folding table and we just hung out on one side, had bowls of candy on the table, and we just yeah. kind of chit chatted with people. But we didn't cross the table. That's what we yeah. did. Yeah. See, we it, had a skeleton with the PVC tube that we yeah. shot candy down yeah <laughs> i love it but, but i feel like no COVID. I, I feel like and, and i saw I, I lived in a tube heavy neighborhood you know it, was, it looked like i was <laughs> walking around a hamster cage uh, uh uh on halloween night right like just tubes flying everywhere around the neighborhood this year i feel like our our understanding of how uh covid transmission uh uh works is, is a little bit different and so you know people are going all in on halloween this year it's outside you know hopefully be yeah. reasonably safe but but dude i'll tell you it's like walking around the set of like like a cheap Netflix horror movie in my neighborhood. Like the <laughs> level of it's not like just pumpkins and mums and wreaths with like you know kind of uh, uh, uh you know kind of autumny arrangements on doorsteps. You, no, no, no. Can I ask again? Did you say yeah. pumpkins and nuns or pumpkins and mums? Mums. <laughs> I mean, mums. You know, plants. Mums. It's Are like mums a, a Halloween thing. I've well, never like seen a, a mum. I live in Florida. You but- have. I bet you have. Yeah. Well, not like it's not like a Halloween decoration. It was a, a fall, fall decoration. It's a fall. Oh. You know the the mums. Not mums. to be confused in Texas with what we wear on you know homecoming night. The big mums on the yeah. shirts, yeah. which most people don't weird. know about. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know what that is? 
Oh. I just looked up mums. I, I have seen those. But again, I don't think it's a thing that people in my neighborhood put out. It's just well. E- either way, I live in a I live in a mum heavy region. Okay, and and uh, usually Tubes usually it's very usually it's very autumny. You know, like you'll see an occasional you know mailbox with some cobwebs on it. You know, something playful like that. Mm-hmm. It is like a, a, a B level horror movie. You know, and probably the same budget. It was probably like on my cul-de-sac alone. I'm guessing there's probably about 150 grand worth of props just spread what? around the cul-de-sac. Wow. I'm talk- my, I, I, I'm tempted to like take pictures. My, the, the guy next door has a 12-foot-tall w- werewolf guy who is motion, who has motion sensors and will start like going after, you know, there's a chainsaw, motion-activated dude next to me. There is, we have a lot of like European families in the neighborhood because of our proximity to like- Why do you like, like lean uh, in and say that quieter? Is that, I don't think that's like racist Europeans. or anything. They, 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 they spend a lot of time- they they spend a lot of time right outside my window. Uh, listen, no, no, I'm friends with them all, but they they, they but like a lot of more like this is funny. But a lot of French naval officers and their families live on my street, and huh. their whole idea uh, because of our, we we live right near like a, a NATO uh, military base, and so it's a lot of European families. Anyway. Their whole idea of Holly, uh, of Halloween has been, you know, basically piecemeal together from like season two of Stranger Things and like Friday the 13th movies. And they go all in They're They've never celebrated before they come here and they just assume for us it is about a month long celebration of just gore. <laughs> because, I mean, one of them has like a sheet oh with like gosh. a bloody skull and just blood splattered everywhere. And it's like it's I don't really know what the theme is here other than just trying to freak people out. But I'm telling you. People are going out this year. People are wilding this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a theory of why these it's gone up a level. Is like last year, Home Depot made news because they sold this like twelve foot tall skeleton, yeah. two hundred fifty bucks. It sold out because it, but it was huge, right? And it became a thing, right? This year, I went to Home Depot and they have like thirty of those scale yard yeah. things they're like yeah. it, it, like like the success of one beget a million others and i bet that's where your neighbors are loading up is going to home depot and like well i guess they do 20 foot tall things here in america i'll be, I'll be honest bottom them all i'll be honest with you some of this looks homemade some of this looks a little creepy <laughs> like uh, like i'm like i don't know where you got i don't know where that zombie where you got that and, real human skeleton looks very authentic um yeah so there's a lot of questions and but frankly someone who has like you know dismembered uh playfully dismembered uh bloody mannequin limbs in their yard you don't really want to ask questions you're just kind of like no. okay <laughs> Happy Halloween. I hope everyone's doing all well. They get to do whatever they want. I do all those things. I have the yard decorations, but I do them on Halloween. Like literally like the morning of all of a sudden I'll do it. And then the next day I take it down. Like it's, it's like for the event, it's not a season that I celebrate. You know right. What I mean? You're not They're... starting on October 1st with <laughs> right. skeletons in the yard. <laughs> right. But my neighbors did. Some of my yeah. neighbors do hey, too. We, we, we literally yeah. had friends say, "I don't know if our, me uh, we can come over uh, with our kids because the Halloween decorations surrounding your home are too scary." <laughs> like we literally had someone tell us that. Scary to the little kids. They, they're not going. It's not going for for Halloween charm. It's going for fear. Like it is like uh-huh. it is like a Saw movie playing out in my neighbor's yard. It's like it's like I'm watching. It's like Squid Game is taking place in my neighbor's driveway. Okay, that's the level we're talking here, guys. I will say when I had little kids 
I was a little overprotective of them and I wouldn't be now. But I remember that I was like, this is too scary for these little kids. Why do Mm -hmm. we have like someone cutting off someone's head so my four-year-old can come ask for some candy? I will admit I I was that mom, Jesse, that was like, we can't come over. I didn't actually do that. But I did worry about my kids, you know, well-being for the rest of their life. I don't blame them. I was like locking up. I go through the house, you know, you know, you just make sure you're, you know, porch lights on. Keep the Europeans out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the the, 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 I'll say this. The the French just welcome themselves right into the home at all hours. (laughs) They're like, you keep weird hours. They all all watch Seinfeld and they think that's what you do is you just come and go. Well, they and, and. yeah, it's funny. And you know the other funny thing is? Uh, I don't know why I'm whispering. Because they all, the <laughs> first thing they do. about the French. The, the first thing they do when they move to the United States, and I told them this to their face, and they were very excited that I made the observation. They buy a Ford Mustang. Like, they, they, uh. they because I guess, like, you know, I asked one of the French wives, I was like, hey, what's the deal with all these Mustangs? Every one of your families has a Mustang in the driveway. And they're like, well, I guess, it, you know, all the boys in, Fran- in France, like, grow up thinking about what it'd be like to have a big American muscle car, and they buy one. But I went driving. I went around the block with one of my French neighbors. Like, hey, just check it out, man. You know? Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. They have like <laughs> diplomatic immunity, so they can just like blast through residential oh neighborhoods. I'm not ki- I'm not kidding. It was it was scarier than the dismembered limbs and the squid game <laughs> stuff happening in the lawn was just going up to seven eleven in the guy's Mustang. So uh, Jesse, anyway, you may, the, the realistic looking ones may just be horrible, horrible car wrecks that just haven't been exactly oh, be. I mean they're driving very recklessly. Um, I mean and, but, I went to a lot of hell houses growing up that my church put on oh, and there was Hell always houses. the scene. It was always the, the scene yeah. with the car wreck that smelled like beer, and you just don't yeah. know when you're driving home tonight if uh, you're gonna go to and heaven then or hell. There was- there Have was the abortion, abortion room. The abortion oh, hell room. houses. Man, <laughs> our kids are missing out on that. <laughs> okay, that's the thing about hell houses. Like, at least like most horror movies have like a fun premise. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at least there's an element of excitement. Okay, like, oh, there's a monster. Well, that's kind of fun because monsters don't exist. And it's fun because I'm yeah. chasing and fighting a monster with, you know, uh, blowtorches and chainsaws. Oh, that's kind of cool. It's like a video game. You know, hey, remember that fun horror movie where those teenagers died on the way home from <laughs> Prom and a drunk DUI accent. It's like, no, it's not because that's a terrible horror movie. That's not fun at all. Like that, this is awful. You know, I just want to know who decided, you know how we should share the love of God with kids, take them through a tour of the worst possible things that could happen to them. Yeah. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And then get to the last scene and inform them. They're probably going to hell. You know, Chances I, are. I, I I don't go to a Baptist. I went. I grew up in a fundamentalist Baptist high school and middle school, and so we would have the you know revival preachers come, and it was hellfire and brimstone. The hell houses were hellfire and brimstone. I miss that. We don't have enough hellfire and brimstone. It? We don't have enough hellfire and brimstone. Think about it. Like it's all cool pastors <laughs> talking about Jesus is your friend. Like, where's eternal damnation? I, I think Cameron we need to lead. To bring sh- Let's bring shame back. Shame back. Let's shame and fear. <laughs> Let's go. Oh my gosh. It's retro. It's old school. It's time to bring it back. Come on. Mm. But but you, you also had a lot of just in case salvations. You know, like, no, no, I've been, I've literally <laughs> yeah. been a Christian for as long as I can remember. I've yeah. been going to youth mm-hmm. group for the entirety of my youth. Hey, okay. But being like, in I've a garage doesn't make you a car. I'm sorry. I, I, That's not I, a good I, one. I, I've memorized much of this book that, that my parents have, have given me i have i probably have over two dozen copies of this of a bible somewhere in proximity to me at all literally said some of you are going to be surprised that i never knew you you're going to be surprised (laughs) 
Yeah, when, when, when it's every head, every head bow, every eye closed, and I hear about just how hot hell is. I'm going to oh, one man. more time just look recite up. the one prayer. One more time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to top off. Just safety. I'm just going to yeah. top off, yeah. yeah. I did a lot of like it's just so in bad. case rededications. Like maybe yeah. the baptism didn't work, so I'm going to go ahead and rededicate just in case. Yeah. I, there, did a lot of those. Better safe than sorry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. It doesn't I hurt mean, anybody. I've seen the hell house. Get saved again. Doesn't hurt anyone. Go for it. It makes the preacher feel good. I had an aunt portray the uh, the the angel that oversaw the Lamb's Book of Life in a, in a in a play in a production called Heaven's Gates Hell's Flames, <laughs> which was basically mm. just a bunch of car accidents and tragedies. And then you find out, you know, they they get to they they get to like the afterlife, and and an angel tells them, "No, you're sorry, your name's not in the book." The way she looked at those people when she told them, mm. "Sorry, not here." It was terrifying. Like this person is in my family and and is sending people. She was uh, really into character. Yeah, deeply. Or was deeply. she not? Was it more just like this isn't really character? This is who you are. Yeah, it, it, that was what was so disturbing. I couldn't tell. <laughs> was it the all worst blended part. together. You yeah. yeah, I miss being on a church drama team and performing in the Hell House. That was like that was mm. the ultimate role. If you could be in the Hell House and make someone cry, <laughs> good you? times. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, well, everyone what? wanted to be the girl getting the abortion. That was the ultimate role. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like Hamlet. That, you, it's Hamlet. Like, ple- like, maybe this year you're going to the audition. Because it's like, a main maybe character? This year. Yeah, and, you, you know, it's the emotional one. Oh, you're yeah. going cr- You're going to cry and make everybody else cry. Yeah. Those are good uh, times. House is when I learned what beer smelled like. I didn't know. I didn't know what alcohol <laughs> oh, smelled like. Where they get like, beer? Real beer? Where, who had to yeah, go well, to the like, store and get it? I just had to ask <laughs> what the stench was, and they said that's alcohol. That's beer. Oh, wow. Wow. Brother Johnny's like, I'll go get it, guys. Don't worry. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll take one for the team. Where does the rest of the six pack go? <laughs> yeah. What are you guys thinking? Uh, it is fall. We're going to go Oktoberfest. The little pumpkin brew. We're just going to do some white stuff. I don't, you know. I, you know. I, just give me the church card. I'll figure it out. You know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> church card. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up, uh, we talked to one of our favorite rappers, Andy Minio, joins us. Uh, his brand new album, Neverland 2, has finally released quite a bit of drama leading up to the release of his album. He was about to release it. And then they had shot a music video for the lead single and Lecrae was on it. Big, big thing. And uh, they they pressed the CDs, everything. The day before the release, the s- sample of that song wouldn't clear. They couldn't get it cleared. They had to pull the album, throw away all the CDs, re-record the single. Oh my gosh. And then it delayed his album two weeks. It finally came out uh, this past week and we have him on. Plus we have uh, relevant news and at the end of the show, uh, the editorial question of the week, you don't want to miss out. All right. Well, stay tuned. Up next, Tyler joins us for Relevant News. Listening to Daisy the Great and AJR song is record player. Well, today's podcast is brought to you by Lumo. Have you ever wondered what Jesus said about the big questions we face in life today? Stuff like addiction, depression, money, doubt. Well, now you can experience his teachings and story in a completely new way. Lumo is a visual Bible project that will help you see the Gospels in a compelling new light. 
See for yourself by checking out the Lumo Visual Gospels for free on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash the Lumo Project. Okay, it's time for Relevant News. Covering the uh, intersection of faith and culture over there at relevantmagazine.com and all the other stuff we're doing. Uh, please welcome to the show Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee. Hey, man. Hey, everybody. Uh, what's going on this week? Um, well, a lot's going on. And the first thing I do just really briefly want to know, I would be, it would behoove us to mention that, uh, a little update to last week's relevant news where we talked about Ooh. the SBC and, uh, refusing to honor the messengers ask for, to waive attorney client privilege in the investigation into the cover up of sexual abuse charges on Tuesday, the SBC reconvened to meet again and the vote was a little tight, but they did squeak by a waiver to that attorney client privilege. Oh. So the Willa messengers will be going forward. Uh, with a with full transparency, which is very good news for anybody who cares, of course, about the SBC and all that. So glad to hear that for the nation's largest Protestant denomination. That that is good news for anybody who cares about uh, survivors and people who advocate for justice in that department. Uh, so I just did want to mention that really fast. But the real story today uh, is uh, is uh, we we're coming off of a lot of big headlines around. Facebook, uh, which none of us were on on Monday because it was down Quite the all week. day yeah. and, uh, and and it was awesome and I loved it and I wished it was down forever. But now <laughs> it's uh, but now it's back. <laughs> you, you know how like you go off of social media for a little while and you just feel better. I mean, you got to go through yeah. the withdrawal, but like yeah. after the withdrawals, like you're on vacation or something like that. And you just realize like I'm untethered. Oh my goodness. I don't want to go back to how I was. I was hopeful that that would happen to society on Monday that like the, it would be down long enough that the people addicted mm-hmm. to Instagram and Facebook would go through their withdrawals. It would still be down. We'd all come up with fresh eyes and go, life is better like this. And we wouldn't yeah. go back. We don't need it. it. came back five hours later. <laughs> I, see, I, I'm, I'm convinced that for, for the Facebook thing, you know, most of the user base didn't even realize it. You know, they just figured it was a user error. Like, you know, it's like when you go, because I'm pretty convinced that the user base of Facebook still goes to like, just open a web browser and types in like Yahoo email and then like finds like the link in there. And that's how they like access their email. They just think that's how email works you just type it into google <laughs> go to my email and they just start clicking links so they find the one that there's i'm pretty convinced most of the facebook <laughs> user didn't even realize they just thought it was just part of their normal um their you know Wi-Fi uh, was down yeah yeah, that, that, yeah. They, yeah. they run into they run into pretty sim- easily navigatable tech problems almost every day and how so many, for them how many, were just how many middle-aged <laughs> children got calls from their elderly parents a day like hey my wi-fi is down the f- yeah. i can't get on the yeah. facebook yeah. you know the facebook's uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah, my friend texted me that her mom had run into the room and was like, back up your computer. Facebook is down. The Democrats are taking over. What's happening? And she was really, really flustered with the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So she was quite aware that the world was ending. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Um, well, th- this story, this comes on the heels of some really bad press for Facebook. Zuckerberg has not had a great week uh, with a, a whistleblower who went on CNN 60 Minutes to talk about some of the the problems that she had. And one small, one kind of small thing in the middle of all that that got a little buried, but we wrote about it on Relevant Magazine, became the most traffic post we've had so far this year, becoming one of our most traffic posts ever, is a story about those Facebook pages. Now, there was a report 
that was put together in 2020 in the lead up to the presidential election that found that 19 of Facebook's top 20 pages, uh, the Christian Facebook pages, were being run by Eastern European troll farms overseas. Mm. Uh, this is according to MIT Tech Review. They got some leaked documents. So this is all in Facebook's internal documents. This is not a, we, we don't actually have public access to this, but the data shows the vast spread of Facebook misinformation is largely powered by coordinated efforts among foreign professionals working together to spread provocative content in the US. And they have been particularly successful with Christians here in America by creating these fake Facebook pages that are enormous. Uh, the Collectively, all of these Christian Facebook pages, which, the, which Facebook kind of refers to as one big group, even though they're split among 19 because they believe they're working together. So effectively one group, uh, about 75 million users every month. Uh, that is an audience that is 20 times the size of the next largest Christian Facebook page. So 75 million people a month were at least at this time going on and getting their information about Christian theology from Eastern European troll farms, probably some teenager in Eastern Europe who gets a little bit of cash from the government every year to spread deliberately provocative content here in the U.S. And what what does this really that. mean for for the American church? You know, they they may maybe maybe go to church once a week and get a sermon from their pastor, but the rest of the week their theology is being shaped by these memes that we all see and we all kind of laugh at and are irritated by. I, I think uh, at least here on this podcast, uh, but these aren't just idiots that are writing these. These are people who are really trying to accomplish, uh, as far as we can tell, chaos in the U.S. and are being yeah. pretty successful at it. It's crazy. I mean, do you think that the, the people that were involved in these groups, do they know? Do they, you know, if, if yeah. you were in this group, did someone give an ex- announcement or, or are they just still oblivious? Still That's, oblivious. There's probably yeah. still oblivious. There is some question now, and we don't. People have been wondering this, and we don't have the answers because Facebook won't be transparent about this. That was 2020. What's going on now? It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Not all of these Facebook pages are still active, but some of them are. Facebook didn't appear to take these documents very seriously. That was part of the big a big frustration mm-hmm. for a lot of Facebook employees, at least one of whom quit in protest because Facebook wouldn't clamp down on this. Because as we've talked about on this podcast before, this sort of content gets a lot of clicks and uh, raises a lot of money, gets a lot of ads. So they they did not take at least as much action on this as the people involved in putting the report together thought that they should have. So do the people who are involved in those now know that they're being played? Don't know. We just don't know. I don't. I don't know. They didn't have, in fairness to them, they had zero clues. I mean, when I see a post that has a blonde haired, blue eyed, white Jesus telling me that if I actually love him, I'll like and share the post. And that if I don't care that people are dying to go to hell, I'll keep scrolling. I mean, how am I supposed to know that's a Russian disinformation campaign? To me, that's evangelism 101. So who are we going to blame here? You want people to know that you love Jesus, so you must share it. I mean, I how mean, else would they know? He's looking right at me in the... F- I mean, the instructions are clear, Jamie. I like and share to show I love him and dedicated to him. I keep scrolling if I don't care that people are going to hell, and I probably am too. So, right, it's right. a simple choice. I mean, you know. You know, Tyler, this story does bring up like an interesting fact. I've talked to a lot of pastors in the last year that have said like one of the things that they're really battling against is that they really do have their people in their church for what an hour, hour and a half on a Sunday. And then they are getting all of their quote unquote teaching and um, information 
from this instance, from all these Facebook pages, but also from news right. media outlets. And so they're sure. having to compete about against mm-hmm. people that are getting 60, 70 hours worth of information versus the hour and a half uh, that they might get from church. And it's really, I think pastors are really seeing a struggle with this, which it's a whole nother conversation about what does church look like and all those things. That's another conversation. Sure. Uh, sure. But this is one of those church things looks that like they're an battling Eastern against. European troll farm. And, and, and Apparently, well, really frightening. Well, to that point, I do want to read this. This quote blew me away. This is from Jeff Allen, who actually wrote the report that was leaked. Uh, he said in this report, quote, our platform has given the largest voice in the Christian American community to a handful of bad actors who, based on their media production practices, have never been to church. So think about what that what that means. Wait, are you know, they talking about the SBC doing? executive committee or are they talking about the Russian <laughs> control? Sorry. Oh, which boy. which one are they talking about though? Oh, boy. <laughs> wow, with the spicy take. I, I thought we were talking about Facebook. You've moved on to the SBC. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, just got, I got a little in the weeds. Sorry. Oh, sorry. man. Which one are we talking you about? You know, that's deserved. I'm kidding. That's it's there. There. I mean, oh, kind of. But... Oh, man. Jesse came with a loaded gun today. It was, uh... Clark's going to call me after this and go, hey, should we take out that Jesse comment? No, we don't take out that Jesse comment. Chose violence this morning. That's how I woke up, guys. I'm sorry. Too much squid game. Just too much. Nine hours of Korean psychoness that just I don't care anymore. I don't. This this story yeah. went ban- went bananas because when we saw this report, yeah. you know, like specifically the Christian part of it, you know, we wanted to amplify that, and like we had act- sitting senators retweeting our article and stuff, like going, "This is a problem," and yeah. um, hopefully, hopefully, raising awareness about what's actually going on on Facebook. Will you know we can start to get things back to normal. My my aunt <laughs> won't know what to do with herself if all of those memes go yeah. away, but you know, you know, yeah. In fact, they were so scared by it, they just took Facebook away for a day. They said, all right, <laughs> you guys proved you can't be real. You can't You've be responsible with it. We're taking it away. <laughs> Jamie, can I just say oh that God. even through our Zoom screen, I'm getting the look of, I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. Like, No, <laughs> no. I'm actually laughing because whatever you just opened sounded like you were opening up a beer. And I was like, well, here we go. Like, is well, it, it noon you know, yet? Well, we're doing a hell house. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. prepping there for the hell house. There was leftovers from the hell yeah. house. Hell house, <laughs> SBC executive committee, Facebook, hey, discipling yeah. the next generation. Newsflash, it takes about two cans of beer to make a hell house smell like it. And, the, you know, I, I happen to buy three cases just in case. You know, I want to make this very hell, you know. Someone's got to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to back on the streets. I'll tell you that. You know, no, you yeah, exactly. to stumble, the, so you should get yeah. rid of it. We got to exactly. keep it out of Doing the hands the right of thing. the youth. That's for sure. People could start no. dancing and playing cards. Face cards. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Did y'all have a dancing scene in your hell house? I, I just remember the car wreck from drunk driving, abortion. I'm trying to. What are, What were the other rooms? There dancing was probably a room a uh, full of liberals. That were scary, yeah. right? Like just bunch of liberals. Woke libs. Just yeah. a, I think there was a, there's a CRT room now in Hell Houses today. <laughs> there's a critical race theory room. So it's like an elementary school, and the yeah. kids are getting and the teachers CRT. like demanding yeah. that yeah. they learn all the tenets yeah. of CRT. You right. shouldn't like yourself because you're white. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see. I want to see like the secular Hell House, where like the first room is the. <laughs> conference room for the SBC executive board. Don't make me go in there! Don't make me go in there! Oh my 
gosh. All right. Well, there's a lot more news that we're covering every day over at the site. Follow us on all the socials. Don't miss a thing. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Andy Minio joins us. Even at the golden light of morning, leading you away from all this strife, having ordinary company that always leaves you dry. You're listening to Peach Pit. The song is Up Granville. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, our guest this week uh, needs little introduction. Uh, y'all know him. Andy Minio joins us today. Uh, the Christian hip-hop artist and producer has created some of our favorite music, including songs like Coming In Hot and Uno Uno Seis with our very own Derek Minor. Uh, Andy recently released his latest album, Neverland 2. It's been on repeat all week long. In fact, yeah, well... We're going to play music here on the segment is why you're not hearing it in the breaks. But I think in future podcasts, you'll probably be hearing some Andy in our song breaks. Uh, before his album dropped, Andy spoke with our very own Tyler Huckabee about how he's grown up both musically and personally uh, over the last couple of years and how his life shaped this album. Here is our conversation with Andy Minio. I'm a young man. Get that what I came for. Cause I work hard. I got everything I prayed for. Money came fast. So now I take my day slow. Me and Craig just like MJG and A-Ball. Talk that talk. I just bought the flowers on a weekday. Baby, why would I cheat? You my cheat day. You a treat. That's right. You a snack. Fighting with your jeans. Cause this whole album is about trying to recapture that childlike imagination and excitement about life, about faith, about um, your journey. And so I was like, what if we did all the artwork that looks like a kid drew it? So I got my nephews literally to hand draw all the track listings and and stuff like that. So the back of the album is my nephew's handwriting. I even got to sample their voice, their voices and use it in my album. So it is really cool, man. It's like we found a new way to approach Neverland. Uh, and it's from that childlike faith perspective. City in the place I dwell. We just two young fellas in the ATL. We don't never cause trouble when we out in the streets. Part of you wants to go back to that child era when things were seemingly easier, but then when you really think back on it, he was like, Man, I was getting told what to do all the time. I would stand in line, go place I want to go. So, you know, I think every phase of life has like its peaks, you know, and like you just got to enjoy each of them as they come because they're unique and you'll never get them back. What I don't want to lose is that childlike, just like that optimism that a kid like has, you know what I'm wonder, saying? Wonder, like, yeah, yeah. Wonder. The sense of possibility. Absolutely. Because all of us, you know, we and we've seen it, like the older you get, the more you get punched in the face. 
the more you've been experienced betrayal, heartbreak, um, these are things that just come with age, right? And uh, even in your faith, you know, a lot of people are deconstructing their faith, their, their faith is falling apart, or they're questioning everything they've been taught. And I think that's happening with all of us, the older we get, like, hold on a second. Like, what is really happening here? And I think that that's good. You know, I've been there for the last few years. Um, but I don't want the cynicism that comes with it. I want to reimagine life and faith and, and my, my, what, what I'm doing here. I said it in a lyric on the arrow. I said, like having hope and then like being disappointed is better than not having hope at all. You know, as, as in the song Lost. And I can't remember my own lyrics, but that was the sentiment. <laughs> it's better uh -huh. than not hoping at all, you know? Uh -huh. And so I just, I see more of us heading in that direction as life goes on. I'm like, man, I, I don't want to lose that. It could be worse. Life is hard. I thank God. It could be worse. Life is hard. I thank God. It could be worse. Way, 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 worse. Look. I feel like your music and the messages that you put out there through it for a lot of people probably are proof to them like, oh, there is somebody out there who identifies with me, who, who like, I'm not alone in this because you, you, and I'm, I'm not just trying to like, butter you up here or anything like that, but I, but I feel like you can express things about faith, uh, that process that help these people who've been there know like, oh, that's. I didn't know anybody else had been through that the way that he is. So if he's doing it, then maybe I'm not completely by myself. And I don't know if that's what you're trying to do. If that's like a Andy part of the Andy Minio uh, message, but it seems like it'd be something for sure that you would have heard expressed to you over the years. Yeah. Well, I think one of the calling cards in my music has always been vulnerability and honesty. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm always processing what I'm really going through, what's happening in my life. And, and that's been a real part of my journey is like trying to figure out what faith looks like post mega church, white evangelical, you know, mega boom. It's like, oh, there's a different way to follow Jesus besides just this. And, you know, and then age, like age gives you more perspective. So, yeah, I think that would probably be a calling card for me just because of that you know, honesty and vulnerability. And uh, I think my my whole goal essentially is, I think at earlier in my life, I wanted to be able to provide the best answers. And now I think it's, for me, it's more about just asking better questions. Don't be that guy falling from the sky, you're falling in your head. Is it a disguise or is it in your plan? I'm curious about how much you feel a pressure, like the tension between on the one hand, uh, I know what people who are listening to me like, uh, I know how to deliver another, another coming in hot, but I also want to push myself as an artist. I also want to like continue right. to grow and expand my palette. Do you feel that? Is that a, is that a wrestling match you struggle with when you're creating? Constantly. For example, like when I made the arrow, like all I, all I was working on was just like expressing just art. You know what I'm saying? And that has been the most deeply impactful album for people from me. Like I, there's more tattoos of the arrow on people than anything else, but it's also one of my lowest selling albums. <laughs> so That's it tough. has this, 
it's weird because you know the hits are what get people's attention and make uh-huh. them care interested in, in hearing your stuff but then the the true and honest and vulnerable stuff is what connects with people the most so like no one's coming up to me going like coming in hot changed my life you know <laughs> people are like that's a, jam. Like, it's a banger yeah, yeah right and then um uh, but uh, people always come up to me and be like clarity changed my life or mm-hmm. whatever record honest to god so for me it's just about trying to find a balance of those things because i'm an artist for a living so there's this weird dependency on people liking my stuff sharing it being exposed to it and so it's a bit of a game and i, and I think i always feel intention for that to provide music that can be mass appeal, have mass appeal, but then also still be able to speak to people's hearts. Want to touch the hearts and touch the charts. <laughs> uh, so I think on this new album, I've tried to find a way to make more like broader palatable music, but also still incorporate my honesty and vulnerability. And we'll see how it works. You know, it's for me, it's like mm. a experiment process almost every go round. And I think the, the cool thing is that I'm getting better. I feel like every aspect of my artistry is getting better. My tone, mm. my writing. That's not the case with a lot of artists. A lot of artists peak on their first album and then they just trying to chase it. Like, I feel like I genuinely love and I'm addicted to the craft. And I think my artistry keeps on evolving and better. That was Andy Minio. You can hear more from him in the fall issue of Relevant, which is available ad-free and for free. Just click the magazine tab over at relevantmagazine.com. You don't want to miss it. It's a great feature with Andy. Stay tuned up next. It's your feedback in the question of the week. listening to luke wild and deb never the song is pie all right it's time for your feedback last week for the editorial question of the week uh we asked you about your experiences with mlm we were talking about the lula row documentary and how leggings and mlm stuff kind of has pervaded uh the church in a lot of ways and uh it seems like we've all had our own mlm encounters and experiences so we asked you for yours you hit us up on twitter at realm podcast and replied to a bunch of our socials apparently we pushed it out on a lot of stuff um anyway here's a few of our favorite stories i i really like this one from carla who claims she's Oh, yeah, take it, Jamie. Jamie, Bro, do you want this? I can't. This makes me, I literally think I might throw up. Go it, ahead, Jesse. Sounds, I can't even honest. say it out loud. Car- Carla <laughs> thought she was going to a wine night. She thought she was invited to a wine night. What she ended up going to sounds like a room from a hell house. Because uh, a friend of mine, a friend of hers, was promoting a cleaning product. I'll leave the name out just because I don't, you know. Who knows. Oh, you're feeling nice today, how, Jesse. I don't know how litigious uh, Norwex is, so I'll leave the name out. <laughs> But she she was promoting an unnamed cleaning product and licked a chicken breast to assure us that a special cloth would keep her safe from salmonella. 
I, I, I kind of want that. I want to hear the conclusion of that story. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that at least at least the friends seem to actually believe whatever Norex Norex is selling. But are you supposed to eat the cleaning product? I have a lot of questions here. <laughs> you know. Oh, y'all know Ben Stroop, you know, who's been on yeah. the show. Yeah. This yeah. is Ben's words. He said, listen, I'm a chubby guy. I have no less than 15 unsolicited messages in my inbox from people who have a program that can, quote unquote, help me lose that weight. It's mortifying. I'm all sorry, you have Ben. To do, all you have to do is Aww. lick chicken breast and you get tor- <laughs> and you terrible diarrhea. For three days. Yeah, exactly. You flush the whole system. It's a cleanse. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> someone, someone actually put, gave us a real screenshot of... Uh, a pitch they got from MLM. And this is one of the sentences about how great this brand savvy is. The person said, I can wear a small, medium, or large, which means you could easily do the large or XL. <gasps> oh my <laughs> gosh. In the world. Whoa. Mean. That is some passive aggressive. That would not make me want to buy. <laughs> I, I like this one. This one, I mean, I, I again, some of these I just want more information on. She said, once a guy asked me if we can meet up, I thought it was a date based on his phrasing. He and his dad showed up to try to get me to be on one of their downlines and join them. So awkward, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. If you show up to what you think is a date and your suitor is sitting there with a parent, that's uh-huh. a huge red flag. You should have just walked right out the door before yeah. they tried to sell you on something. I can't imagine. There's so many stories here. This is crazy. A lot lot of it seems to be like, you know, targeting people's insecurities. This one's from Uh uh, uh, a a listener named Ashley. She said, I'm currently pregnant with my second child. Both times I've had, quote, health coaches contact me on Instagram about magic supplements and, quote, getting my body back before the baby was born. One made comments about my weight directly. I've started instantly blocking them all. That, yeah, I don't feel like that's ever a great sales technique to, to no, personally no. insult someone in DMs. Yeah. Is that the main thing now is the health coaching? And, and I mean, there's still this the clothes selling. I, I see oh, that Oh, there's the too. makeup. There's nails is a big one. I mean, oils. it's all over the place. Oils yeah, are still oils. around? I, oils oh, had yeah. a heyday a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's still around. I, I mean, I feel oils. like almost... Almost any time I get a random like, hey, it's been a while. Wondering if we could meet up. I just oh, immediately no. think, uh-uh. You're going to try to tell me something. That's so sad. sad. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me sad. All right. Well, there's a lot more stories that came from. Just go check out uh, the Relevant Podcast Twitter account. Okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. I don't know how we got there, but we ended up talking about hell houses a lot early in the show. (laughs) And SBC burns those two. Uh, so we want to know for the question week, we want to know your hell house story. Uh, Just your most memorable memory of hell houses were you ever in one did you get traumatized by one did you get saved at one i hope someone sends in a message that they drank the extra beers like behind <laughs> the <laughs> stage i drank like four dui beers uh that I found in the trunk of that crash car pretty cool night dui beers <laughs> i so thought it was awful. open bar i just walked over there and grabbed it out of the trunk you know oh, we're just getting loose here it's halloween right Best hell house ever. That scene happens about halfway through the hell house. You know, it's kind of intermission. Just grab one of the beers out of the car and then, you know, yeah. finish out. Yeah, the, I want the someone to walk the into the last room with like a beer and a koozie in here. Like, oh, great show tonight, guys. Hey, where do I end up? Heaven or hell? All right. Y'all know how to party. My hell house, I went to, had a big judgment room at the end. Like,
like the very last room mm-hmm. is like, you know, the decision room, you know, yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if they all had that, but hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast. Tell us your hell house stories. Uh, I think we'll also post the question on Instagram and Facebook as well. So we'll read our favorites on next Friday's show. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Andy Minio for joining us today. Make sure to check out his brand new album, Neverland 2. It's really great. You really will love it. Go check it out. And uh, head over to relevantmagazine.com to see more of our conversation with him in the fall issue of the magazine. It's, a, it's made ad-free, presented ad-free, sorry, uh, by UHSM. We're so thankful for their support. Go check it out over at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, while you're there or while you're online, I guess, make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with what's new and to uh, submit your feedback, you know, for the editorial question of the week. You can tell us your feedback on the show, you know, just tell us how your day's going, you know? We just want to hear from you. Go follow us on other socials. Uh, we have some fun stuff cooking up too that you uh, won't want to miss. Uh, and remember, you can answer the editorial question of the week right there at the uh, Relevant Podcast Twitter account, at Relevant Podcast. Hit us up there. Or you can leave us a voice message on our Anchor page. We'll tweet out the link uh, to uh, the Relevant page over at anchor.fm. And you really can. You can leave us um, voicemails and stuff that we can play here on the show. Go check it out. Oh, uh, one last thing. On the Relevant homepage, sign up for our daily newsletter where we send you the top five trending stories every weekday morning of what's happening at Relevant. Uh, you won't miss a thing. It's a great way to stay in the loop. You can check it out right there on the homepage of RelevantMags.com. Okay. On that note, we will wrap it up. Thank you so much, Kristen, for sitting in with us. Uh, I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Kristen Howerton. And we will see you on Tuesday. Have a Great weekend, everyone. Stay safe with all the random Halloween decorations that are up to it. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. It's like Squid Game is taking place in my neighbor's driveway. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.